This is Help Wanted, the show that tackles all the big work questions you cannot ask anyone else. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, Editor-in-Chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. And I'm New York Times bestselling author and money expert, Nicole Lappin. The helpline is open. Here's the weirdest thing about becoming a boss. One day, you are not the boss. The next day, you are. (laughs) It's like not a thing you just evolve into. It is if you zoom far enough out. But in the moment, you are anointed. You are given a promotion. You start a thing and hire somebody. Whatever it is, there's a moment in which suddenly you have authority over other people. And that can feel really weird. And what do you do with it? And how do you become the boss that people want instead of the awkward boss that nobody does? That's what we're going to talk about on this episode of Help Wanted because we got a listener question about exactly that. Let's listen. I was recently promoted and now I'm managing a few people that I used to be lateral to. I'm worried they're not going to take me seriously in this new role and I'm also feeling sort of clumsy about how to transition into managing them and delegating tasks when five seconds ago we were just coworkers. I'm also struggling to figure out my new voice in this role. Like, I used to talk to these people casually and we would pal around and talk about going on, like, dates and stuff. Now, I'm not sure if that's appropriate. Help. So first of all, congratulations. You got a great promotion. That's awesome. And now you got to deal with the awkwardness of transitioning into a position of authority with people who knew you before, knew you when. (laughs) But that's okay, because you actually have a great opportunity here now. And it's an opportunity for yourself to grow, but it's an opportunity for your team as well to have an amazing advocate who understands them and recognizes their value and wants them to succeed. And that's the way that you need to think about this. So let's talk about three things that are going to happen. Number one, you are going to need to define your new relationship with your team. Number two, as you go forward, you are going to need to advocate for them, but also guide them. And then number three, we're going to talk about how to relate to them, because like you said, You used to talk casually with them and pal around and talk about dates and stuff, and now you're not sure if that's appropriate. So we'll talk about that too. All right. So number one, we're going to talk about how you define that new relationship with your team. And here's the important thing to remember. Just because you are now technically their boss doesn't mean that you have to act like you're a totally different person. Because you're not, and they understand that. And there's a great way to position this experience that you have in a way that benefits them and also creates a great cohesion among the team. And that is this. You should go to each one of them, and you should say some version of this. I know this is a little awkward, because it is, because we used to have the same job, and now I have this other job. But I am now also in a position to help because 
you and I have talked in the past about things that we maybe wish were done differently here. And now I get to try to create that, or at least I'm one step closer to creating that. And I can't promise that I'm always going to be able to do it, but I can promise that I can always be an advocate for what's best for this team and what's best for you succeeding here. So let's do this together. We're still on the same team. I just have maybe a little bit more ability to get some stuff done. And then talk to them individually about what they like about their role and what they would like to do maybe differently and where they're going. Because you now have the ability to impact some of that. And also, you have the ability to shape the dynamics of the team in a way that benefit the team better. So for example, maybe everybody's really annoyed by the process of how the team communicates or something. There's too many meetings. There's not enough meetings. Why am I spending my time doing this? Whatever it is. Maybe you can change that. You can change that. You can step up and say, all right, look, we've all been frustrated by this. Let's make this change. People will love you for that. You are their hero. But yes, it's true that you're not just there to serve them, so to speak. There's a whole line of thinking in management called servant leadership, which is all about thinking of yourself as a leader, as actually the person who serves the people who work for you. And I, I really, I like that in concept because it's a really good way to remember that you're not just a boss who orders people around. You're a boss who thrives and succeeds when the people who work for you thrive and succeed. And therefore, because you are in a position to support them, the more that you serve them, the more that they serve the needs of the company. And that, of course, reflects well on you. So I like that kind of thinking, but let's be clear, you are also now going to have to be in a position where you don't just advocate for your team and you don't just get them what they want, but you also have to be the person who's going to tell them when an idea is not so great or tell them that they need to really improve over here. But when you do those things, you're always doing it with the purpose of helping them. And you want to always infuse the way that you talk managerially with that idea that you're there to help them. You're there to help them succeed. And so if they're not pulling their weight in this one arena, they should know about it so that they can improve and you're going to be there to help them improve. And the more that you position things like that, the more that they feel like, yeah, okay, fine, kind of awkward and maybe weird that this person who they were usually just hanging around with and talking about dating is now technically their boss, but also they have a boss that they like. They have a boss that they trust. They have a boss that they know sees them. And that is such an asset to them that if you play it right, it's going to overcome all the awkwardness. All right, number two. I, I teed this up a little bit, but let's talk more about it, which is how to advocate for them. I I will admit something to you. Um, I am a, I'm a boss. I have a team. I have a team of people who report to me. And... Sometimes I will tell them, no, I will tell them that idea doesn't work and here's why, or thanks a lot for thinking of that, but 
I don't think that that makes sense for X and Y reasons. I always, always, always explain why a decision is being made so people don't feel like it's arbitrary and they don't feel like it's just me saying yes or no to things, but that I'm following some kind of broader logic. So always, always explain your thinking. But sometimes, <laughs> this is a little secret, sometimes I just blame my boss because I have a boss too. His name is Bill. He's the president of the company. And sometimes, you know, I somebody asks me for something and maybe it's a little out of my hands. I'm not the person who can get it to them. Or maybe, you know, it was partially my decision and partially Bill's decision or whatever. Anyway, I will just blame Bill. If if somebody wants a raise and I can't get them that raise, I, first of all, let's be clear, I don't have all the control over the finances such that I can give people raises. I have to get raises through my boss. So if I can't get somebody a raise, I am always really clear with them. I advocated for you and Bill didn't go for it for X, Y reason. And I like this positioning, and Bill actually encourages this positioning. Like like when I talk to Bill and I have to deliver some bad news to someone, he just says, he's like, blame me. Blame me. It's fine because that's that's part of being a boss is absorbing that, that blame. Um, and the reason he wants me to blame him for things is so that my team still sees me as an advocate for them, which is important. But, you know, I can't blame Bill for everything, obviously. I don't want to just be a person who doesn't make any decisions themselves. That's not a good boss. I have to understand the line between what ideas and decisions do I fully represent? So for example, as I am the editor-in-chief of a magazine, any kind of editorial decisions, things that I'm going to say yes or no to that are going to go in the magazine. I'm not blaming Bill for a decision that maybe another editor doesn't like. That's my decision, and I'll explain why. But Sometimes if it's bigger than just me, if it's a business side decision, if it's about finances or something, and I am just simply part of the process of that decision making, I will blame Bill because he is ultimately the decision maker there. And I want to make sure that people understand where my role is and isn't and where I am an advocate for them, but also how I cannot always get everything that they want. Stick around. Help Wanted will be right back. Nicole, have you ever thought about the one that got away? Jason, I am happily in a relationship. You know that. No, the hire that got away. Someone that you thought was perfect for your team, but ah, they were already with another employer. Oh, well, in that case, yeah, I think about her all the time. Well, it's not too late. You can reach out to that person on LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire professionals that you can't find anywhere else, even people who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. Okay, looks like it's time for me to shoot my shot. Do it. And I know you may have your heart set on one person, but if you do want to open it up and post a role to a bigger applicant pool, you can do it for free at linkedin.com slash 
help wanted. And because there are so many professionals on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. So you'll never have a one that got away again. Incredible. That's linkedin.com slash help wanted. Yep. LinkedIn.com slash help wanted. Terms and conditions apply. Happy hiring ever after. Welcome back to Help Wanted. Let's get to it. So when we combine numbers one and two, let's just review what we've really ultimately done here is that what we're talking about is building the relationship with your team and then also making sure that your team understands your place and therefore what you can and can't do for them in the broader organization. And in doing this, what you're really, really, really doing is you're creating a level of trust and transparency. And you want to be constantly refreshing this. You want to be constantly going back to your team, to your individual team members, and asking them about what they're working on. And do they have any frustrations on what they're working on? And is there a way that there's something that you can fix or solve for them? And also being really clear that you are a conduit for the people above you so that if they hear something from you that needs to get done, it's because it, you now represent like clarity on what is required for them to succeed. And you want to understand what they want so that you can help pull them up so that you can know that if they have the ambitions of growing in this direction or doing this kind of work or whatever, that you're aware of that and you are plugged into the larger system and you can help steer them, that you can give them the opportunities that they want. In this way, they see you as an advocate, but also as a person of authority and ultimately as someone who isn't always going to tell them what they want, but is there to, as long as they do great work, get them what they need. And that is as much as anybody could ask of a manager. Now, finally, number three, I said, the question is, how do you relate to them on a day-to-day -day basis? Because a listener who had called in, you know, you said, you said that you used to talk to these people casually, pal around, about going on dates and stuff, and now how appropriate is that? And the answer is that there's no one answer to this. But what I did is I I drifted a little bit. I, you know, here's a good example. My team would go out for drinks after work. And in the past, <laughs> I mean, I would hang out all night. I mean, I remember when I was in my 20s going out with my peers after work and, you know, we'd we'd close the bar down sometimes. Now, I hang out for about an hour and then I go home because I want to be there and I want to have fun. But also, I know that mm, I represent something to them that isn't as loose and casual as it was before. So I'm going to be fun and I'm going to be a team player but then I'm also going to give everybody the space that they need to, I don't know, air their frustrations about me because maybe they're going to have some and that's okay. And similarly, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk with them in a friendly way, but maybe I'm not going to be as personal and I'm not going to share as much. And you're going to find that line and it's not going to be clear and it might evolve over time. But ultimately, 
you need to do the personal version of the things that we were talking about that were work-oriented, which is to say you need to be there for them and you need to maintain that relationship so that they know that you're on their side and that they like talking to you and that you're a human being who still cares about them and whatever's going on in their lives. I mean, you know, when, when, when I get on the phone and I talk to Bill, my boss, he asks me what's going on and we talk about family and we, you know, complain about getting older and stuff. I was telling him about like how I've, I'm not getting as good a night's sleep as I used to. And he's a few years older than me and he's telling me about his like aching knees or whatever, you know, like we're just shooting the breeze. But I am very sure that when Bill is talking to someone who is just a one to one lateral peer, he's probably a lot more blunt and personal. And that's good. That's appropriate. We're, we found a level where we're both human beings to each other and we show that we care. But, you know, there's some kind of distance because, of course, if something goes wrong, if I do something wrong, Bill's the one who's got to tell it to me. And maybe, you know, I don't know, fire me. And it's hard to fire someone who you're talking about dating with. So you have to create a little distance. And it'll come, and it'll be okay. And as long as you are in constant touch, and that communication is open, and you understand what their needs are, then you become the person that they really wanted as a boss. And nobody can ask for anything more than that. Help Wanted is a production of Money News Network. Help Wanted is hosted by me, Jason Pfeiffer. And me, Nicole Lappin. Our executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. If you want some help, email our helpline at helpwanted at moneynewsnetwork.com for the chance to have some of your questions answered on the show. And follow us on Instagram at Money News and TikTok at Money News Network for exclusive content and to see our beautiful faces. Maybe a little dance? Oh, I didn't sign up for that. All right. Well, talk to you soon. Thank you.